This is News Talk. Well, if you're just beginning your uh, commute this morning, I've bad news for you. Certainly on my commute up, some petrol stations now charging 208.9 for a litre of petrol. Another I saw charging 205.9. And it's the main story on the front of the Irish Independent. Petrol follows diesel in soaring over €2 a litre. Just weeks after diesel broke the €2 a litre mark, now petrol prices have breached that barrier. Uh, It's all down to a surge in demand in the US in recent weeks, which apparently is increasing wholesale prices and leading to rises at the petrol stations. Many are now charging more than €2 Euro a litre, although the national average stands at €1.91.9. Euro now, I did notice, I'm sure you've noticed this too, if you're a diesel driver, um, diesel had gone above €2. Euro. It's now come down and keeps going down. So diesel coming down, petrol certainly going up. If you've any other examples on your commute this morning, feel free to text us here on News Talk 53106 at a cost of £0.30. Cent. But I saw it. 208.9 for a litre of petrol. So all of those government incentives and initiatives to reduce the price of fuel um, a couple of months ago or a few weeks ago, they've just been completely wiped out now, unfortunately. And it looks like they're going to be continuing to rise if you read the front of the Irish Times. Taoiseach warns of higher energy prices. Uh, Taoiseach Michal Martin left an EU summit warning of higher energy prices for the foreseeable future, adding that the government needed to be honest with people about the difficulties to come. I'm not sure when people heard that story yesterday that they expected the increase to be so immediate as this morning. Mr Martin warned that higher oil and gas prices were inevitable but he also ruled out providing a further package of supports for households in advance of the budget in October. So whatever the prices are at the pumps, that's what they're going to be, it would seem, until at least budget day when there may be some reductions in excise duty and taxes and things like that. Other big story in the front of the Irish Times, GPs got over €200 million in payments for their work in vaccinating people and treating patients remotely during the pandemic. The sum equates to an average of €70,000 per doctor over the duration of the pandemic. Although, of course, not all doctors uh, provided vaccinations or remote consultation services. The HSC said it paid GPs more than €85 million in the year to January last for providing vaccines and of course uh, many doctors heavily involved in vaccinating the over 70s and younger age groups deemed at high risk from the disease. The Irish Sun goes with the airport, of course Dublin Airport never far from the front pages these days the Sun headline wing and a prayer. Dublin Airport say they can't guarantee an end to the queue chaos this weekend and of course this all comes as DAA CEO Dalton Phillips is due to face an Oireachtas committee today and face a grilling and I'm sure politicians up already uh, getting their notes together about what questions they're going to ask. We'll talk more about that here on Breakfast Briefing on News Talk shortly. The airport also the front of the Irish Daily Mail. Dalton Phillips the front of the Mail too. The headline DAA chief took off for Saudi Arabia as crisis unfolded. Airport boss flew out on Dublin uh, flew out of Dublin on Saturday night but turned back on Sunday as chaos engulfed Terminal 1. The CEO of the DAA, Dalton Phillips, flew out of Dublin Airport on Saturday night after the passenger crisis had started to unfold. The Irish Daily Mail can reveal he was part of a DAA team who were travelling to Saudi Arabia on Sunday, uh, but he came back 
uh, on Sunday. He returned at some point as the chaos escalated, is how the Mail describes it. Big story in the front of the Irish Examiner. The Criminal Assets Bureau is training almost 600 local asset profilers to monitor the unexplained wealth of 1,800 crime bosses and lieutenants around the country, including nearly 150 in Limerick, 60 in Cork and more than 40 in Kerry, really ramping up the work of the Criminal Assets Bureau. As the examiner says, unsurprisingly, Dublin accounts for the greatest number of cases, with more than 750 gangland figures being targeted. Cab figures also show a further 215 criminals are before the courts in cases taken by the Bureau, Bureau, bringing the number of individuals hit to over 2,000. So over 2,000 gang members, crime bosses being targeted now by the Criminal Assets Bureau. Very sad news on the front of the Irish Daily Mirror and the Irish Daily Star. Boy, six dies in hotel pool horror is the front of the mirror, the front of the star. Little boy, six, dies in pool tragedy. A little boy died yesterday after getting into difficulty in a hotel pool. The six-year-old boy was rushed to hospital after an incident at the swimming pool in a hotel in Tullamore um, a few days ago and tragically lost his life. So there's more about that in both of those papers. Inside the Irish Times, they've more on a big report from UCD. Uh, we, we covered the this study from UCD a while ago on Breakfast Briefing. Uh, if you remember, we were asking the question, do people trust the government? They have the latest in their trust reports out today and almost one third of Irish people believe the government exaggerated the number of COVID-19 deaths. This is according to a study of trust across Europe. However, the study found trust in the safety of vaccines is higher in Ireland than in the other countries surveyed, while belief in conspiracy theories is lower in Ireland and Irish people professed greater willingness to comply with COVID regulations. So very interesting tapping into the psyche of the Irish people and what they believe. More than 12,000 people surveyed across six European countries about their views on the pandemic vaccines. 31% of people in Ireland think the government exaggerated the number of deaths from COVID. That is in line with the average across the six countries. 43% of people in Poland believe their government were doing this, while uh, in Norway, 20 24% of people uh, believed the same. Three quarters of those surveyed in Ireland said it was true that nearly all scientists agreed vaccines were safe. That's the highest figures for the six countries, but one in seven thought otherwise. The largest recorded figure across the nations involved in the study. Really interesting report there from UCD. Now, if you are a fan of going to the gym, well, you'll, you'll be interested in this in the mail. Exercise may be better for women in the morning if they want to burn fat, while men benefit more from working out at night. A fitness session in the morning is better for women who want to reduce fat and lose inches on their bellies. They also see a greater reduction in blood pressure from exercising early in the day. But men's blood pressure, levels of bad cholesterol and ability to burn fat all seem to benefit more from evening exercise. I saw a woman going into the gym at half four this morning, so clearly she's on to something. But the research also says if you want to get stronger, work out in the evening if you're a woman. And I suppose, listen... 
any exercise better than no exercise. In the Telegraph this morning, they look at working from home and obviously there's an awful lot of talk about remote working, but do people have the facilities? Because a third of office workers who work from home have no dedicated desk. They don't have a workspace at home. Almost all of them are sitting on their sofa, lying on their bed or sitting at the kitchen table doing their work. 5.8% of homeworking staff spend some time working in the bed and a further 7.8% worked in a location without a table or a desk like a sofa and almost the, uh, among the respondents 41% had a formal hybrid working policy at their company. So if you're an employer and you want staff to work from home you need to be giving them facilities, you need to be giving them the proper desks, the proper chairs for their backs, things like that because if they're going to be working from home five days a week for eight, nine hours a day they need to have the proper facilities. You can't have people lying on a bed all day working as attractive as that might sound. Uh, Now, in the Telegraph as well this morning, EastEnders, you'll be familiar with the duff, duff, duff at the end, or some people call it the dum, dum, dum at the end, the theme tune, but it's going to be changed tomorrow because Queen Elizabeth is going to be honoured with her own EastEnders theme tune. I'm sure you're all very excited about the Jubilee this weekend and programme makers are remixing the show's closing music to pay tribute to the Platinum Jubilee. It'll play over the end credits of a special royal episode of EastEnders tomorrow because I forgot that Prince Charles and Camilla are going to be in EastEnders tomorrow uh, and they've enough drama in their own lives that they certainly could make EastEnders characters. Final story for you comes from The Sun and uh, we are told that there could be no bald men by 2138, if that's how you say that year. 2138, I don't know, we won't be around to worry about this, uh, however you say the year, but there's going to be no bald men because so many men are getting hair transplants. The prediction came as the number of phonically challenged men fell by 500,000 in the past decade uh, and apparently it's all down to all these people getting hair transplants. The hair raising figures show as a result of baldness, sorry, as a result baldness will be a thing of the past in around 100 years, although some experts say that could actually come far earlier. On 106 to 108 FM and Newstalk.com This, this is Newstalk.